This is the public speaker. Quick and dirty tips for improving your communication skills with your host, Lisa B. Marshall. Today's podcast continues my discussion on how to deal with people more effectively and how to be more diplomatic. It's my response to listener Aaron Pang, who wanted to know the best way to become a more diplomatic communicator. In part one, I talked about diplomacy from a conceptual perspective. So today, I'll cover four practical tips for diplomatic communication. This past weekend, we visited my sister Maria and her husband Steve. He was teasing and playing with my twin daughters when one of them said, You are our favorite. Then she grinned and gave her sister the signal, the one they use when they want to talk in stereo. And then together they said, You are our favorite Uncle Steve. (laughs) Then they both started to giggle together. The thing is, they only have one Uncle Steve. Steve looked directly at me, rolled his eyes up, and shook his head. Five years old, and already they're diplomats. So what exactly is diplomatic communication? I think a diplomatic communicator is someone who can get their message across, convince people to change without damaging the relationship. Diplomatic communicators use reason, kindness, and compassion. They show respect for the other person. Diplomatic communication is about being honest, but not brutally honest. And by the way, it doesn't mean misrepresenting the truth either. It means communicating in a way that makes a person feel the interaction was respectful and positive. In fact, I'm sure you've all heard the old saying, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. But how you actually say something diplomatically may not be so obvious. So today I'll share four practical tips to help you learn to communicate more diplomatically. Early on in my career, I was a very direct, right-to-the-point communicator. No sugarcoating for me. One of the best things that I did was to attend a training session to better understand the concept of communication styles. I learned about my preferred communication style. I learned how to identify communication styles of the people around me. And then, importantly, I learned how to modify or flex my style to achieve better results. The training was based on a book called People Styles at Work, which I talked about in the episode called Communicate Better with Different Types of People. I've since facilitated this type of training for numerous teams, and I can say that having a model for understanding communication styles is an extremely valuable management tool, especially if your goal is to be more diplomatic. As I mentioned in part one, no one likes their work or their ideas to be rejected. My father used to say, Lisa, you don't have to say it's white, when instead you could say it's not black. What he was trying to convey to me was that word choice is extremely important to perceptions. Of course, politicians understand this quite well. Some say drilling for oil, whereas others say exploring for energy. Some say, not giving emergency care to illegal aliens, whereas others say denying health care to undocumented workers. In fact, Frank Luntz, who's a political consultant, he wrote a book called Words That Work, and his subtitle sums it up nicely. It says, it's not what you say, it's what people hear. So when you're having conversations, particularly difficult conversations, avoid aggressive language like you have to, always, never. Instead, Try indirect language like, you might consider, I think it might be stronger if, or it looks like. Another strategy is to give your feedback in the form of a question. 
Have you thought about changing? Would you consider doing this? Diplomatic communicators think and rethink and then think more about the words that they choose. Words are that important and powerful. I'll never forget one of my worst moments as a manager. I actually said this, and I'm almost embarrassed to even admit this, but I did say this. You need to do it because I'm your manager, and I told you to do it. (laughs) I'll never forget the look on Tom's face. I immediately realized my mistake. I wasn't listening. (laughs) I hadn't respected his needs, his wants, his feelings, or accepted that his viewpoint was different from mine. Although I knew that I would achieve my short-term goal, I would get the short-term result that I wanted, clearly I had severely damaged the relationship. I didn't think. I just reacted. I let my emotions get the best of me. The lesson I learned was to listen, to think, and to be open. Diplomatic communicators avoid blurting out something they might later regret. A diplomatic communicator consciously chooses if, when, how, and where to disagree. But what if you're feeling angry or you're offended? It's important to take a step back, to take a moment to objectively as possible assess the situation. As you may know, I'm a big fan of deep breathing. Many times I say to myself, Lisa, breathe, (laughs) just breathe. Another option is to suggest a short break or just take a break. Being a diplomatic communicator means you're able to appear relaxed, even when you may not be. Your body language communicates a tremendous amount. So it's important to be relaxed and to be calm and to have a conversational tone of voice. For those of you that have expressive faces like me, you'll need to practice maintaining eye contact with a neutral but pleasant facial expression. Remember to relax the parts of your body that become tense during difficult discussions, like your hands, your shoulders, your brows. And finally, avoid waving your hands or pointing at someone because this is at a minimum distracting but it's more likely to be perceived as aggressive. The good news is that diplomacy can be cultivated and practice definitely helps. You should practice diplomacy wherever you go, in the supermarket, with a customer service agent, when you're trying to return something at a store. And also keep in mind that mental practice works too. So your homework for this episode is to think about a recent conflict or situation that perhaps could have been handled better. How could you have flexed your communication style? What word choice might have been better? Were you listening and open to the ideas of the other person? Was your body and your face relaxed? Use today's tips to imagine how you could have resolved it in a more diplomatic way. This is Lisa B. Marshall, the public speaker. Passionate about communication, your success is my business. Oh, P.S. I just wanted to mention that I had a very difficult time creating this episode. So clearly, I'm still struggling myself with diplomatic communication. If you enjoy The Public Speaker, you can get more tips by joining my Facebook page. And if you're already a Facebook fan, it would be awesome if you'd recommend it to your Facebook friends that you think might also be interested. On the left-hand side of the page is a Suggest a Friends link that you can use. You can also click on the share link under any individual item on the Facebook page. I sincerely appreciate your help in having the show reach more people. Thanks. If you have questions about how to communicate better at work, leave a voicemail at 206-350-7970 or email publicspeaker at quickanddirtytips.com. 
Sign up for Lisa's newsletter or get information about speeches and workshops by visiting lisabmarshall.com. You can find a transcript of this show and links to connect with Lisa at publicspeaker.quickanddirtytips.com. <music>